HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. I'm Lou Bank. And I'm Aaron Campos with Dark Matter Coffee. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Green Gex bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And today, because we have a special guest from Dark Matter Coffee. Happy to be here. Oh, so happy to have you. You know what I mean by that. Um, <laughs> so happy to have you. What I want to talk about is espresso martinis. I have a yeah. theory. I have a theory, Aaron. Spread it. Tell okay. me. Okay. I th- you know, it's it's I think it's the hot drink of summer. It might have been a couple summers ago. My oh, summer still is. It, it still is. is. Yes. Okay. Very and much I, so. And and like in general, I'm seeing a lot of espresso drinks um, at bars, and my theory is that none of it's actually espresso. That it's a lie. Well, Lou, you would be 100% correct. Those are my favorite words. Could you just say that? Could you say that one more time? 100% correct. My name has to be associated with that. Lou Bank. There you go. The truth teller. (laughs) So, okay. So so talk to me then. What's going on? Why do they call it an espresso martini? Yeah, I think, uh, well, one, marketing, it sounds really nice. Espresso martini versus coffee martini. But also, it's a functional, practical thing. You know, it's... uh, if you are, uh, you know, a person that is uh, running a bar, yeah, and uh, sometimes known as a bartender, yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, pulling a shot of espresso per drink might be a little bit more impractical, especially with the rush. As and uh, espresso, which we'll get into later, is a little more fussy when it comes to stability over a short period of time. So, um, you know, with, a, with us, we've worked with a lot of different uh, uh, partners who have really been interested in using our coffee for espresso martinis. And we've been making uh, what we call mock espresso. Mock espresso. <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, mock espresso is taking um, the, the coffee and brewing it to a potency level that's much, much, much higher than a regular cup of coffee. And I would say probably six to eight times uh, more potent uh, to really bring out really expressive, uh, really, really big flavor. 
Uh, and that's so you don't dilute the cocktail too much. You only add a little bit. So mm -hmm. when the coffee is inevitably diluted with everything else in the martini, uh, you're still getting a lot of coffee presence and you're minimizing the amount of volume that you're adding to the drink itself. Um, you know, and going back to, you know, what is espresso versus what we're doing? Uh, I would no, no, you're, you're like, don't, don't get too far away from this yet. I'm like, I'm curious about this. You're saying diluting. So in essence, I think what you're saying is if you want to keep it high ABV, you've got less coffee in there. Is Correct. that right? Correct. So more alcohol, less coffee. A martini is really just alcohol, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, you have your vermouth, you have your gin or vodka, depending <laughs> yeah. on how you drink it. Right, right, right. And I, but yeah, and I guess they're not 100% alcohol. So, you know, whatever water yeah. is in the bottle, but um, you're saying diluting it. But so if it's that powerful, is it also that much more powerful in terms of caffeine? Uh, when you're talking about uh, the way that we're extracting it, um, a you would have way more caffeine uh, concentrated into that drink than you would for just a regular uh, drip coffee if we were to use that in its place. So in a, in a sense, there is a higher caffeine content um, than we would be using for even espresso. Is it more caffeine and more alcohol than you would find in a Four loco? That's a good question. We should call the Four loco reps and see what's going on with that. Yes, we should. <laughs> Okay, I'll do that separately. We want free four loco. <laughs> so okay, so then then get back on. Sorry, get back onto the track that I interrupted. So you're saying then that uh, the difference between espresso and coffee? Yeah. So uh, how I typically explain this is, you know, there's multiple ways that you can extract coffee. Uh, you know, some of the main ways that we drink it every day that's pretty common uh, are paper filter. Uh, and then there's uh, no filter, which really is metal filter, like a press pot. Okay. Um, and then you have things like espresso. So uh, where we have drip coffee, where we're allowing water, uh, we're allow allowing gravity to have the water fall through the coffee uh, on its own. Uh, or we have press pots where you are submerging the coffee in the water and you're allowing it to sit and steep for a long period of time. Uh, you all, you now have espresso, which you're not allowing gravity to, uh, to push the water through. Mm. You're not allowing uh, the coffee to steep, but rather you're using, uh, uh, nine pounds of pressure to force through that, uh, that, that, uh, puck of espresso that you load into the espresso machine mm -hmm. as quickly as possible. Hmm. So where, you know, now we're talking about the filtration, how, what comes out of the other end is you're looking at a uh, whole bunch of particulates, all the oils that are associated in the coffee, all of these and, like- And that would be flavor, the oils. Yes, yes. So you want the oil. You want those, but you also want to drink them uh, pretty quickly. You know, uh, we really- Volatile oils. Yes, very, very volatile. Very good word. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, when we're serving it at our shops, for instance, we really want that espresso to get into the customer's hands as quickly as possible uh, so that they're able to enjoy it because some people like to sit with their espresso and take their time. Other people will just put it down the gullet as quickly as possible. So uh, for us, our best control is to, as soon as it's done, we get it into their hands. And that translates, uh, you know, into like the functionality of espresso martinis. We can't make a whole bunch of espresso um, for a, a partner 
give it to them and expect a good product at the end because uh, they might be using it for that nighttime service. Uh, they might be using it over the course of a week. And with all those particulates, all those oils, all of those volatile compounds, I'm using your word now, uh, <laughs> that are going to be in, uh, in that, uh, that, that drink, it's going to change so aggressively over the course of even 10 minutes, an hour. I mean, it's, a, it's not even recognizable after like uh, 12 hours. Uh, go ahead. So, so well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, hang on, though. I think... I think what I'm hearing, and maybe I'm interpreting, I have a tendency to do that, I'm told, but I think what I'm hearing is in an ideal world, you would pull the espresso shot on the spot and make that espresso martini. It's just not convenient. In terms of being ideal, I couldn't answer that question for you. I think it would be uh, really interesting to put a side-by-side -side on both products and see which one we like the most. Uh, you know, because now this becomes a big preferential thing, uh, you know. Well, it, yeah, sure. It always comes down to taste, right? Yes, but with, uh, with coffee itself, you have people that look at, I mean, a lot of the time now, everybody is interested in paper-filtered coffee. Uh, and why is that? It's because you're removing all of those, uh, uh, those particulates that are in solution, you're also removing a big deal of the uh, of the oils in uh, from the coffee. Yeah, and what you're getting now is a whole bunch of flavor clarity. So you might lose some body. Uh, okay. You, you know, you might lose some texture, um, but you're gaining a lot of these subtle nuances that might be lost, that you might uh, you know that you might not get uh, in a press pot or an espresso. But uh, you know, I'm hesitant to put espresso and press pot in that same super like a uh, strict category because they are super different uh in terms of what you're getting at the end um you know the the thing that i love about press pots is that they're romantic you know you get a lot of body you get you know it's a so, it's a soul food of coffee uh uh, uh you know brewing hmm. uh, i love how dynamic the cup is you know you, you when you make a press pot of coffee as soon as you pour it just like espresso it's going to start changing on you as it cools down i think there's way more of a uh you know, dramatic effect that happens. Granted, you'll get that same thing with uh, paper filtered coffee, uh, you know, but it's a little bit more stable. You know, you're going to you're going to see a way more graceful change from start to finish as the coffee cools down um, because you're removing a lot of uh, the elements that would otherwise, uh, you know, make it change at such an aggressive level. So what what I'm hearing really is that we need to do a pop-up uh, at some bar and just do espresso martinis using the different kinds of coffee to I think see. That's a great idea. Okay, well let's let's go let's finish this podcast and go and do that. <laughs> hey, we have a we have a mobile espresso machine too, so you know, we can do this. It's be, oh. it'd be pretty easy for us. Huh. Okay. I dig that. So what else do I need to know? Is there anything else I need to know? Um, I think on uh, that side of things, um, I, you know, being able to just really think about what you like about all the different extraction methods and really applying that to the, uh, the overall beverage would be a really interesting thing to, to try. We should do a part two of this. 
Let's after, taste them after all. After we've tried it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I like that. Hey, I just, I sorry, like all this now has me thinking something else, right? Like I've seen all these bars now where they're they're pre-batching their cocktails and they're putting them uh, on a tap. And I know that you also do that with a number of your coffees. Is there any reason that you couldn't do, I mean, obviously you couldn't do it with espresso for all the reasons you just explained, mm -hmm. but could you do that with your coffee cold? Like a Chocolate City martini with the vodka thrown into that same absolutely uh you know i think the effect might be a little less dramatic with the coffee presence because well chocolate city is more potent uh than a cup of coffee uh which is about double strength than a cup of coffee but we add ice to it so it kind of opens up you know um you know again we're looking at uh, the mock espresso product which is six to eight times more uh more potent so uh, I'm sure it'll be delicious. It just might be a little less effective in terms of the coffee presence. Okay, well, we'll try it, and then we'll do part two. <laughs> we'll do part two, and then we'll do part three, because the part two will be us trying it, and okay. we'll have to actually record that while we're trying it. We do have, now that I'm thinking of it, a hot version of Chocolate City that might be really interesting, having like that botanical herbaceous kind of presence in the coffee, kind of go into the martini, see how that like plays with the whole overall beverage. That might be really fun. Hang on, hang on. I just want to make sure, again, I understand what you're saying. Are you saying that it would be a hot coffee that's matched with the vodka, so it's like a hot cocktail? Oh, no, hopped. H-O-P-P-E-D. I can spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, that may, okay, sure. Yeah. Sure. We've been adding like a, a hot pellets to our brew baskets when we're making Chocolate City, and that's our uh, brown acid uh, uh, coffee that we also can. And uh, some people absolutely go, are fanatical about it. So, oh. uh, and I think it's also would be really interesting in a cocktail. So, you know, you just inspired me on an idea right now. Look at that. I love that. <laughs> okay, so let's try all of that, and then we'll come back for part three. All right. I love okay. that. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Aaron. No problem. Thank you, Lou. Catch you next episode. Hasta pronto. You've been listening to Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Gring X bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. We're blessed with sound engineering by Roy Sierra and a theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Marco Ricos. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, well, I'm sure you'll let us know that too. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Agave Road Trip. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pit Bulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization using the power of education 
educational storytelling about food to build a more equitable, resilient food system. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network might lead you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If you drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Drive responsibly. Eat responsibly, too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive. Do not walk, either. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to stretch every 30 minutes. If you stretch every 30 minutes, please stay within your defined stretching capacity. And consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you don't have a doctor, maybe Dr. Ryan Acock, the cocktail MD, can help you out. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip. Out.